You're listening to the Epic Mentors, Exceptional Success Simplified. Here are your hosts, Dr. Kelly Posen and Dr. Manjeet Gaba. Dr. Chris, are you ready? Yeah, you bet. Oh, fabulous. So share with us, if you wouldn't mind, your chiropractic story. How did you, how'd you get here? What was the process? What was the journey? Um, mine is not uh, like most chiropractors. Um, I didn't um, have an amazing experience as a child or suffer from a condition. Um, first time I saw a chiropractor, I was 18, uh, um, snowboarding injury in the mountains. Um, anti-inflammatory and muscle relaxants weren't doing much. Um, and honestly, I saw the chiropractor three times and that was it. Felt better. All right. Peace. See you later. Uh, I was geared more towards dentistry. Um, I uh, met the chiropractic recruiter in the hallways of my undergrad. And uh, after chatting with him, because I worked in a dental clinic for a number of years, um, I knew I wanted to be in healthcare. Uh, after chatting with him, he convinced me to come to an orientation day in uh, Minnesota, which is only a seven-hour drive from where I was in Winnipeg, Canada. Uh, I went to the orientation day and saw what they were about. And I, uh, after working in a dental clinic, and you see people coming petrified to see you, um, and actually seeing people in a, in an atmosphere where they're like they're excited to be here, they're happy to be here, they're really enjoying it, and saw how rewarding practicing could be. Um, made up my mind right then and there. I'm going to give it a go. Um, so, truthfully, um, before I went to chiropractic college, I seen a chiropractor a total of five times. Um, but once I found out how rewarding it could be, I fell in love with it. Uh, after chiropractic college, I was still a little bit more medically orientated, I would have to say, um, more of a pain-based model. Um, and so that's how I became a chiropractor. Well, that's how I became educated with my doctor of chiropractic. But once you get into practice and you actually see how things work and actually you, you get an understanding of how the body works, um, I probably really became a chiropractor uh, only in the last few years um, in the sense that you know, I'm not just making you feel better. I'm not fixing boo-boos. We're improving people's quality of life. Uh, you know, no drugs, no surgery. So um, my story is a little different, but uh, that, that's how it is. And so uh, from the time that you graduated, though, uh, sorry, and you graduated in, in what year? 2011. 2011. So you're a good six years in now. And from the time that you graduated to now, walk us through that journey so that everybody's up to speed on 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 your growth, as you say, from the uh, what you thought you were to what you actually are. Um, uh, when I graduated, I practiced in Seattle. Uh, my practice was almost purely um, medical referral. Uh, the clinic I got in at. Um, had a really good relationship with uh, the physiatrist association. So we got a lot of complicated cases, which is awesome as a new grad to learn because it really <laughs> forces you to know your stuff. Um, but it's literally, okay, you're going to be feeling better. You're going to go away. Um, so I practiced like that for a couple of years. Uh, I, I did enjoy it um, because I liked what I did, but it's frustrating when 
<laughs> they come back in a month with the same condition. You're like, oh, I thought we fixed this. Okay. Um, then uh, I started my own clinic actually in uh, North Dakota. Um, totally undercapitalized, totally uh, rinky-dink um, uh, operation. And looking back now, of course, when I was very excited to get in and into it when I did it, but um, I did not think grand enough. And uh, of course, when you're small scale, you you're striving to make it work. And that was more of a financial stress or a business stress than a practice stress. Um, then I actually worked in Asia for a couple of years after. Uh, I got involved with a subluxation-based chiropractic company um, that I did a lot of coaching, uh, Stephen Franzen. Um, it really helped open my eyes, but I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I don't know if I was actually ready for it, and I don't know if you ever are, but it really kind of switched my mindset. Um, you know, after seeing how, how it worked in practice, I I was kind of on that direction anyway, but that was a, a full-on, like, jam this information down your throat, this is how it is, um, which I don't know about you guys, but I don't respond too terribly well to that, but it forces you to think. Um, and eventually, the weird thing is, like, I was a little hesitant, but actually after practicing like that, you see the results it gets, and you're like, oh, this this works. <laughs> um so and that it, was uh, uh, lots of just uh, flying sevens. Is that correct? Tell you the truth, no. I would um, well, essentially yes. It's high volume, um, so you know it's adjustment last two minutes. You're in, you're out. Um, and uh, for me, the, the the barrier was most of my patients didn't speak English. Well, a barrier maybe it helped with the efficiency. Is you know I go I I do my thing, um, but after you see the results that that gets. And and how these people that have had chronic pains that, you know, would not have been able to be helped under my previous treatment plans are doing well. It really For me, I have to experience, I have to realize it for myself. And that experience that I had working in Asia, the seeing volume and volume and volume, really helped me figure out how I wanted to practice and, and how the body responds and what actually does work. Um, so that uh, that fit in very well. Got me prepared uh, to join Divine Spine and and have I'm not going to say the same model because it's nothing the same but it's of a similar mindset. Um, now I know a lot of docs that went to California schools, their um, their subluxation schools. Um, the school I went to was not <laughs> uh, the school I went to prepared you for. You know, this is a joint dysfunction. You get this joint moving, the patient's done. Um, so I. If that's how you want to practice, that's fine. But when you actually see how rewarding it is to actually improve people's lives, um, it's pretty easy to to make up your mind what works and what doesn't. I love it. So um, just in, in that uh, timeline, just take one step back before we go forward. How long did you, when you started your own practice, how long did you run yep. that practice for and, and what was it, how did what was what uh, precipitated its demise? Um, well, it was just over a year uh, that we were open for. Um, it's pretty cool. We actually had a mobile clinic. I had a Airstream trailer retrofitted that we took out to the patch, but we had um, a home base in Minot, North Dakota. Um, what really <laughs> um, started the demise of that business? Well, it wasn't a demise. That business was growing, but I lost my work visa, so that's what. Uh, 
that's what forced me out of the States. Um, towards the end of the year, like we, we were pretty popular. We were doing well. Uh, but um, if you're not legally able to practice, that's uh, <laughs> I'll put a dent in your business. And then uh, in in Asia, the decision to leave uh, that that practice was caused by. Um, I had a hand injury, so uh, I was in a cast for a few months. So you <laughs> um, can't really adjust manually uh, when your right hand's in a cast. Right. So that was an immediate loss of income when you couldn't use your right hand for your yeah that's your, a pretty job right pretty, million million dollar yeah. hand right you know what um, and it made me realize how important disability insurance is because you know when you go from you know seeing a thousand patients a month to zero it's uh, it's pretty substantial uh, difference in your income so I'm a I think we all are, but uh, I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of you know mentoring and you know being mentored and you know uh, just taking kind of some shortcuts through life that uh, you know learn from people that have already learned. So if you were you know thinking of you know, mentoring a, a new grad, somebody that's just like just like fresh fresh out, uh, you know the FNG type. What would be like your advice to them starting out? Like if you had that new grad right there and you're having a cup of coffee and they said, Dr. Chris, what would be, what do I need to do? Tell me what I should do next. What would you say to them? You know, that's a, that, that is a super interesting question. Um, I think it's, for me, if people aren't ready to get an answer, you could tell anybody anything, but if they're not ready to receive it, um, you know, to tell you the truth, like I've had a, a lot of chiropractic mentors that have given me advice over the years, um, and maybe it's ego that comes into play, or maybe I just wasn't ready for the advice at that time. Um, without knowing the specifics of that person's situation, like just in a general sense, um, that's a really tough question, Kelly. I would have to say, uh, just make sure you enjoy what you do. If if you're not enjoying it, if you're not fully invested in it, um, why bother? That that's probably my advice, which would probably be very detrimental to a lot of new grads. Okay, so so let's just explore that for a sec. So when you graduated six years ago, what did you see yeah. your dream practice as? That's a good question. Um, when I was fresh out of school, I didn't know enough to know I didn't know, so. My dream practice at that point would be more more clinical, to tell you the truth. Um, like I, I didn't have like this is what it's going to be, this is what I'm going to do, uh, set in stone. Uh, right now, I I'm kind of at my dream practice. Um, you know, I love what I do. Uh, so like now, I think I have some background, some information, um, and I know what I want. Uh, so if uh, six years ago when I graduated, I would say I didn't know. Right now, I'd say I'm there. Awesome. Uh, awesome. So let's say I'm, I'm, that, I'm that new grad again. I'm sitting in the chair having coffee right. with you. And I say, you know, listen, you know, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do next. What are the three most important things you've learned about running and creating a successful practice? Um, definitely the 
the biggest thing I've learned at Divine Spine um, is the relationship aspect. If you don't have a relationship with your 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 patients, well, they're going to feel better. They're not going to come back. Uh, but more importantly, um, the one thing I've learned uh, is relationship with your team. Um, now, there's a fine line between being the leader of the clinic and dictating what's going to happen here or there, but if you have a strong relationship with your team, you're going to enjoy your practice a lot more because they're going to enjoy it a lot more, which means they're going to rave about you to everybody, which means you're going to be busy. Um, it's just a, it's a happy life. Um, I've been in situations where I've been associated clinics where it's, you know, especially those medical clinics where everyone's just grumpy and they want to leave as soon as that five o'clock comes. Um, in, uh, I've been a doc in uh, clinics where I've been resented. Um, and well, obviously that's not, not ideal. Um, the biggest thing I've learned is, um, through divine spine, especially is this is a relationship business. If you guys, if I don't have a relationship with my team, you very, very unlikely you're going to succeed. You could be the best chiropractor clinically in the world. Um, so that's, that's by far my number one, um, for, uh, Two and three, um, uh, consistency, I guess, would be a, a big thing. Um, if you're not consistent, it's not reproducible. Your systems are not going to uh, work. Um, and for a third thing, uh, you got to want it. Um, you got to enjoy what you do. If you don't want it, it's not uh, not going to happen. Fantastic. I, I think... I would agree with that wholeheartedly uh, over the years, particularly your number one. Uh, well, actually, all three of those, but, you know, the number one thing, man, if you don't have a relationship with your team and your patients, you, you're, you're dead before you even started here. You're, you're going to thinking, thinking rat or thinking raft with the rats all trying to get off the boat. So. No, and, and that's, that's for sure, for sure. So once you have that relationship and it's not, it's not an overnight thing, it's uh it's, you know, a trusting, respect thing. Um, but once you have that, life is good. Life is good. So in 18 months, uh, you basically took a practice three months old, uh, and it's now you're at almost full capacity. Uh, well, what your maybe current, you know, uh, as, you know, Dr. Gobb alluded to at the beginning of the call, as you get busier and busier, you're going to find ways to, you know, the the void fills the the need fills the void right so you're going to need to find ways that either you're going to increase hours or increase whatever you know efficiencies will will come and I, I certainly agree with him in his statement that the more focused you are the more attached you are to your patient in terms of uh, making sure you're present in that moment the better your outcomes will be and the more efficient your adjustments become. Mm -hmm. So what would you say would be now in the past 18 months because I think I mean for you to make a statement like that I think is absolutely inspirational that you're in your dream practice now I freaking I love that I think that inspires me that I, I, I hope that people out there uh, or people here uh, I mean just really grasp the concept of that to be in a dream practice is like I mean every there's people that work their whole lives and never get there um, never ever get to the dream practice where they just feel valued 
They love coming to work. They love their team. They love their, I mean, it's just like, like, wow, kudos. So what would you say in the past 18 months has been your biggest factor for success in creating that life? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's just one thing. Um, Sorry for the pause, guys. This is really requiring a little thought here. Um, I think for me, I I, I kind of knew what I wanted, which is a big thing. Like some people are able to luck in. They didn't know that they wanted it, and, and then they find it and they love it. Um, you know, that's a tough question, Kelly, and I'd love to have a quick answer for you, but without, you know, like – Without some thought into that, it's really difficult for me to say. Um, I, I sidetracked a little bit. Like the the big thing for me, um, you know, it's going from traditional adjustments to instrument based. It's the first three months when I was seeing no patients or very little patients, I was mentally fatigued <laughs> because, um, like like we talked about earlier, the focus that goes into to learning a new craft. Um, and to uh like everybody's adjustment style is different um but for me to really find my way um that was i won't say a struggle because it it went well but the learning curve is steep and then once you actually see the results that you're getting and and you kind of find okay this works and that works um it it requires a lot of focus and that intense focus well it's, that's tiring um now, I don't want to say I'm slacking off now, but I feel like I have a little bit more experience under my belt where I'm able to go to work and I, I kind of have a good idea. I know it works and I'm still very focused, but, you know, I have these tools in my belt that I can pull out like, oh, this condition, I know if I adjust here, if I adjust there, um, I I get a lot better results. And that focus has allowed me to be more um, more thorough, but less adjustments, if that makes sense. So when I first started, I was... I was adjusting half the freaking spine. Um, now that I kind of know what works and I know which areas I want to target, um, I've considerably cut down my adjustments. Um, I used to be 1,400 uh, percussions per patient, something like that. I think I averaged out. Uh, now I'm probably about seven or eight, which is still high for <laughs> uh, for um, a lot of other docs. But uh, for me, I... I find in that time I'm able to get exactly what I want done um, and get really good results. Awesome. Uh, one thing that I've noticed about you, you Chris, is you're very good at listening and then uh, actually taking that information, whatever that information happens to be, and processing it. And you, whatever that process is, for you internally, it seems to really like you, you know you take and you. In, integrate the stuff that works for you and maybe put the stuff that doesn't at that moment in the parking lot, but it doesn't mean you just throw it out. You just say, okay, well, right now that's not where I am, but you know, I can look at that again at a later time. So I've found for you, like in, in just kind of seeing you, you know, over the past year and a half or whatever it's been, uh, just you really listen and absorb and then take those things that work for you. And it's been absolutely, uh, a pleasure on uh, on my side, anyways, just to see how you've gone, and now you're in this amazing practice. So, 
uh, you know, kudos. So if I was on the outside looking in, I would say one of your biggest factors for success is just you like through all you are in, you are 100% in, you take initiative all the time to learn as much as you can and then use what you can and parking lots of stuff you can right now. Right on, um, right on. Years, yeah, years ago, or not years ago, sorry, but, well, what feels like years ago, we had talked about the process of educating your patients so that, you know, the guy that you saw when you first started, that got the three quick adjustments and you never saw him again, maybe he missed that education part because it doesn't sound like you really <laughs> at that time knew what happened. Um, what would you What would you say is your go-tos? So, again, I'm this new grad sitting here. And I'm like, you know, maybe I graduated or, you know, or maybe I'm the guy that's thinking about going to school, thinking about going to chiropractic college uh, or a brand new patient who has no friggin' clue what chiropractic is. What are your like go to chiropractic teaching points? So those things are like, listen, you know what, you know, when at my 30 second elevator, someone's like, what do you do? What's like, what is a chiropractor? And you're like, uh, boom, give me your, your top three go to chiropractic teaching points. Um, my number one is, uh, the brain controls everything. If you want to wiggle your fingers, your heart to pump, your liver to work, the brain coordinates and controls every function of your body. And the more movable parts there are in anything, the more likely it is to break down. The spine's got a lot of movable parts. Now for the brain to communicate with those target organs, it does it through the nerves. If there's a misalignment of that spine that can put a pressure on your nerve and that interferes with that body's ability able to communicate with your brain. I move that for interference. Once the body's moving better, once the body is functioning better, that's when you're going to be feeling better. So that's that's a quick one. Um, you know, most of my patients they they say, "Oh, I want to feel better." And I this is this is a fun one that I do a lot here. I know it's overdone. The girls are sick of me doing it, but I think it's hilarious. Um, when people come in, they say, "Oh, I want to feel better." I say, "Okay, go drink a bottle of wine." <laughs> and uh, um, they say, "What?" And it's like, "Well, you'll be feeling better." But are you going to be functioning better? You're probably not going to function at a very high level. And they'll go, well, yeah, I'm not going to be blah, blah, blah. So it, it helps people relate. I know it's a cheeky thing. Um, wine seems to be a classier way of saying than beer or whiskey. Uh, so people people usually get a little chuckle over that. But I think it hits home for a lot of people, right? Like if they're not functioning at a high level, are you really doing well? Um, uh, I like it. Third I like one. It. I've, never, I've never used that one, so I like it a lot. Well, I, I've got that from you and Gob, I assumed, or I, I pieced that together from you guys because that's, uh, that one always makes me laugh a little bit. Now, some people you'll rub the wrong way, of course, but uh, uh, for the people it does work on, it works really well. All right, give me one more. Um, uh, if I just have a 30-second and someone says, hey, like, what's a chiropractor? Um, I, I, like... You know, if I meet someone at, at uh, you know, at the pet store and they say, what do you do? And uh, I'll say, I'm a chiropractor. I've stole this from GABA. Uh, but I, I say, you know what? I'm a chiropractor for chickens. Cause I, I really like that because it does get people thinking, gets people interested. They go, they smile and they say, well, what do you mean? And I'll say, well, you know, when you go to a chiropractor and you get snapped and twisted and popped. And if they say, yeah. Um, then I'll know they're okay with it. Or if they kind of make a squeamish look, I'll know those like, yeah, I don't really like that. Um, I'll say, well, I don't do that. We use a computer to gently get your spine moving, to get your body functioning better without twisting and cracking and popping. Not only does it feel good, but it's super effective. And then that kind of stimulates more conversation from there. 
Awesome. Awesome. All right. So we have two things left. I need a, your favorite quote that's like either written on your mirror, you look on in your journal or what's your favorite quote that you're focusing on right now? <laughs> um, I don't have uh, uh, one that I, I focus on. Um, my favorite quote is, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Can't beat that, buddy. Can't, <laughs> can't beat that. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's an office reference. Um, but uh, I know it's not chiropractic related. It can be, but um, if you if you don't go for it, you're not going to get it. So um, no. that's probably my favorite quote. Love it. Okay, lightning round. Ready? So it, this is no time to think. Your favorite holiday spot? The mountains. The mountain? Any like the Rocky Mountains? Rocky Mountains. Current book you're reading? Uh, that's an auto right now. Not uh, just finished up my last one. Not reading anything currently. Favorite alcoholic drink? Uh, beer. You were to have a last meal before you weren't having any more meals. What would your last meal be? Uh, ribeye, potato salad, and a glass of red wine. And probably Goblin and I paying for it, hey? There you go. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite Friday night activity? You know what? This is going to make me sound super old because I'd love to say going out doing this but uh, Friday night I work on Saturday mornings I like to do something active so say beautiful day going for a bike ride around town uh, that's that's my Friday night awesome favorite movie uh, used to be Fight Club always was Fight Club um, you know what I'm going to say Forrest Gump right now Fight Club's lost its way Forrest Gump <laughs> Forrest Gump is, that's a great show all right how many uh, how many days a week do you work out? Oh shit, dude, you make me feel bad. Uh, right now, I'm gonna say two. Okay, how many hours a week do you work? Twenty-five. Twenty-five hours a week. Well, it's probably closer to forty with time for for everything else. But uh, clinical hours, I think I'm twenty-six, twenty-five, twenty-six. Favorite sport to watch? Hockey. Favorite sport to partake in? It's uh, a good question. Uh, I'm going to say snowboarding. How many hours a night do you sleep? Uh, seven. Favorite childhood hero? Uh, that's a good question. It's going to make me seem really young, but Jerome McGinley. Jerome McGinley is your childhood hero? Well, that's the thing. I uh, by the time I really got into hockey, he was uh, just uh, entering his prime. Retired? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, he's still playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doctor Chris. Thank you so much, everybody else. You can unmute now. Uh, what a pleasure that was for me on my side. I hope uh, everybody else got as much out of that as I did. Anybody have any questions for Dr. Chris that uh, maybe I missed or maybe something that you'd like to hear or know about? Oh, I know Dr. Gaba has one. Well, 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 that was amazing. And, you know, we had a call about uh, 
what everybody's superpowers are, right? We talked about what your superpower could be and, and uh, you know, you aptly mentioned relationships. I have to give kudos to Dr. Kelly. I don't think anybody uh, interviews and, and sort of puts people on the hot seat better than Kelly. Would you guys all agree? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, Kelly's gifted. Oh, oh my God. You, like, definitely, Kelly, this is, uh, <laughs> this is something that... Uh, I think if a patient's getting interviewed, I'm just sending them to Dr. Kelly. Like if there's if there's some deep seated whatever they're hiding, <laughs> it's coming out. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's phenomenal, um, Chris. I'd like to ask you, uh, you know, how how long do you plan forward in the future, and it, and what do you see? What what do you see in ten years for yourself? Uh, you know, from uh, like any major goals you have that you want to accomplish that, that you're like, Hey, this is, this is my dream uh, day or, or uh, also in there, what's your favorite car? Because I know you have a love for cars just like I do. And I want to know what your, your, your dream car is. Um, so I have a funny story just really quick. Uh, I bought three Mercedes convertibles this week um, <laughs> from Japan. Uh, so they're not my dream car, but uh Fuck, uh, the uh, sorry, the girlfriend's not very happy with me for that. But um, uh, my dream car would be the Magnum PI Ferrari. Um, and ten years from now, it's an interesting question because you know I have some thoughts, but I don't have any concrete goals right now. Ten years from now, I want this clinic to be at full capacity, and uh, who knows what the future holds after that. Awesome. And did you just say that you bought three? Three Mercedes convertibles from Japan, and and your girlfriend was not happy about this. Believe it or not, um, she didn't think buying three SLKs was a good idea. Wow! What, Imagine yeah, that. Really. Yeah. Really? Okay. <laughs> what What is she thinking? I was, uh, well, was we get. It? Why was there three? Um, my dad, and my brother, and I were gonna fly to Vancouver and pick these up and road trip them through the mountains. So. Um, it's just oh, a good investment. Uh, it's easy to, to to flip, but I think I'm going to keep one. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have connections in Japan that allows you to import cars? Oh, well, anyone can do it. It's uh, it, I, If you have any questions, email me. I'll shoot you some links. Will do. I have questions. That's fantastic. <laughs> So now that we've kind of opened this thing up, I do have one more question for you, Chris. That I uh, yeah. I really would like to ask, but it does require a little bit of uh, you know deep work. So I want to be back on that on that other side of the table again from you, and we're sitting there having a coffee, and you're mentoring me. If you were to take like just a moment and reflect, I'd like to know. If you look back, say, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, what beliefs you would have had about yourself that you found, uh, maybe you didn't know at the time, that were limiting, that you don't have now, and that you've looked at and said, well, if that belief didn't work for me, I've conquered that, I've moved on, I've moved through, this is this is what life actually is now. Uh, the the biggest thing with that because uh three years ago um i did not have a solid relationship with my team um and that was that's more frustrating if your practice is just thriving 
but you don't have that solid relationship, it's not, you're not going to enjoy it. Um, so that's probably the belief I had that, you know, it's like, oh, it's just never going to happen. That's not going to, you know, it's it's going to be this role and that role. Because um, I, I have had really strong teams before, but three years ago, it was a struggle. So that's, uh, that's the belief I held that, oh, well, that's just the way it's going to be. That you'll always be struggling with the team. Yeah. Um, where and that's the the biggest thing I've learned since I've been with Divine Spine that you have that solid relationship, everything else gonna flow from there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again. All right. I don't even know who's left on the call. Anybody else have a question for Dr. Chris before we wrapped up this? I know it's after nine, five after six after nine right now, but uh just so uh one last shot here to peel open the onion. I have one. Hey, Dr. Chris, in in your journey through chiropractic, did you ever hit a low? And if you did, what was that? That might have shifted you a bit. Uh, uh, the, the low that I hit when I was in North Dakota um, is I invested everything I had into this business. And then once my, uh, my work visa was uh, taken away, um, that's a low because, you know, I was out for a couple of years at that point. I'd spent a year building this clinic up and then for it to be kind of like yanked under the, like the rug to be yanked out under you, that was really, you know, disheartening for me. Um, so that's, that, that low of everything kind of being stripped away was by far and away my chiropractic low. Um, it didn't take away my passion for what I did, but uh, the, you know, you know, prospects and everything at that point was definitely a low. Um, that's why I moved to Asia because it's like, okay, I'm going to try something new, try something different. Uh, but everything happens for a reason. So that, that put me on the journey and that how I got here today. And, you know, even though it sucked at the time, it's uh, it's probably a good thing that it happened. Awesome. There you go. The universe acting for you yet again. Mm-hmm. All right, sharing, guys. Buddy. Thank you, Chris. Uh, uh, Dr. Chris, awesome for allowing us to have that time together. Uh, hope you guys have a fabulous uh, week. And I guess I'm I won't talk to anybody for a while. I'm I'm gone on my own little trip. So uh, I hope you guys have an awesome summer. And uh, we'll see you in a few weeks or months, uh, six weeks. Anyway, <laughs> have fun in Spain. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Blast. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye.